0: Welcome to Rex Factor.
1: This week, Apple Star. With your hosts, Graham Duke and Ali Hook. Welcome back to Rex Factor.
0: Been a while. It has been a while. We had an unannounced summer break. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's nice. Time it's off. It's nice. Yeah. And it's a good place to start back again because we're with King Athelstan this week, who I've never heard of. Well, presumably, with all the weeks off, you've done have copious time to do that research and to get to grips with him. And y- yeah, uh, you pronounced his name twice correctly. Now, Arthel.
1: Arthur. I've had more time. Um, which leads to increased procrastination That's wrong. you yeah. need less time And it, Yeah, and a task, and then I'll go on with it But as it is, I, I forgot, so we're in the usual situation, I'm afraid
0: Well, he's he's a good place to start Allegedly, it maybe is where we should have started Because mm. he is the first sort of proper king of England As a whole united realm Okay And uh, if you've forgotten where we were up to Or you're listening for the first time Basically, we're doing reviewing every king from Alfred the Great onwards And queen And queen, and queen same indeed, exists. indeed, I apologise <laughs> Once again <laughs> <laughs> and um, we did lots of backgroundy stuff from Stonehenge up to the Saxons reviewed Alfred the Great who took us from nearly losing everything to the Danes and the Vikings to taking it back to being quite powerful his son Edward the Elder takes it on to another level invading lots of people and uh, then we come to Athelstan who's the oldest son of Edward the Elder however before we get there I think I need to make a couple of apologies from last time go on firstly and apologies for mentioning Lord of the Rings again oh I, uh, I refer to the character as Aoma and couldn't remember the actress that played that character. Yeah. The actress is Miranda Otto, and the character is actually called Eowyn. Oh, so is a man. Oh, right. Cause really the, are they character. the
1: Dorf links or are they the um, Popplevovs? No, no, they're, they're, the, they're people.
0: Oh, okay. Um, oh, so Shall we go over the format? We got uh, Before that, oh, right, another yep. apology. Edward the Elder, I did a massive disservice. Because I said he didn't really interest me or excite me in any way. But I actually have a bit of a personal link to him. Go on. In 1991, it was the uh, millennial celebrations of the Battle of Molden, which is where I live in Molden. And before they did the reenactment of the Battle of Molden, they did lots of other battles as well as a kind of background to it. And one of them was where the Saxons had this fort, which the Vikings were attacking, and they were getting, oh, can we hold out? And then suddenly the king turns up, runs onto the field, and the Vikings turn around to see him and go, and run away. And I thought it was hilarious as a little kid, these Vikings, when they realised...
1: And I realised I was definitely there.
0: Were you? Yes. Oh, we were there together. That's amazing. Mm. And this is probably one of like the big things for me in getting into history because I just loved it.
1: Yeah, I definitely remember that. We were there with um. Yeah. Well, we both have a connection because that
0: battle was Edward the Elder. So we have seen a battle reenactment. We're basically seeing Edward the Elder. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) where we've literally seen (laughs) Edward the Elder fighting. Oh, check that out. That's first hand knowledge. Check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so this week. Is Athelstan, and I was going to say, look at his uh, look at his card appearance, but we don't have the card out. Oh, I've got the card. You go oh, and get God. the card. I'll say he's, uh, while well, Ali's getting the card, he's also known as the Glorious and the Thunderbolt, for reasons that we'll see <laughs> see later. But um, we haven't decided to call him Athelstan the Glorious at the start because it just gets silly because too many of them have been Oh, uh, no, I've found the problem. Oh, they're not. No, there he is. Oh,
1: there he is, yeah. We just decided to use my cards instead of yours, which means they're not in order, but he
0: What does he look like? 156. Right,
1: okay. Are there fifty-six cars? I don't know. Um 52. Fifty-two. Um he's actually looking more like a early king than than the others. He's definitely he's got chainmail on. We're into that era. He's got um Yeah. It, but it looks like we're still gonna have um shield walls.
0: By the, by oh definitely exactly. the shields. And we've I'm got look a look picture here this book that I've got. Where there's a model of him. A dummy. Hmm. Hmm. He's, got he's, a, he's
1: definitely kingly, isn't he? He's got a he's got definitely. a got a uh, crown.
0: So he's tall and slim with flaxen blonde hair. Crown is a good point, which we'll mm. come back to you later. First point then, biography and stuff, before we get on to reviewing him on the battliness scandal, uh subjectivity, subjectivity which is Which is, he would he you wants like to be a a subject, yeah? Longevity yes. and dynasty before yeah. deciding whether they've got that certain special something which is the the correct lovely. So first we do the biography just to let you know what he's about, mm-hmm. and let you specifically know <laughs> what he's about. Yeah. need to able to judge him. As ever, source is a big problem in this period. Um, the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle, which is kind of the main source of things that wrote down everything that happened each year, there are only six entries for his whole reign, and they don't even all refer to him. So there's a...
1: Where else do you get it lacking?
0: Mm. Well, we get it all from a chap called William of Malmesbury, who was a oh. Norman from like 200 years later, but he writes the only really detailed, pitted sort of biography of him which is said to have been based on this text from the time which he had just discovered and which no one else since has ever seen. Oh, one of those. Some have suggested... (laughs) You're not allowed to see it, you're not allowed to see it. (laughs) Some have suggested that maybe he was just making it up, particularly as quite a few sections of it are clearly just ripped out of the Iliad and the Aeneid and all these epic Greek and Roman poems. Right. However, Michael Wood has said that actually the facts do back up what likely would have happened. And actually foreign courts write quite a lot about his reign. OK. Because he has quite a big presence on the European stage.
1: Are we therefore to assume that um, he didn't patronise the arts very
0: much? Because he hasn't got much history. We're not, but you're correct in that he doesn't have an asser, as Alfred did. He doesn't oh, have someone doesn't. writing his own biography. Yeah. OK.
1: Because Alfred's son loved that, did he?
0: Alfred loved it. Edward Alfred didn't have an asser either. Oh, okay. Which is why we didn't have much on Edward. Right. But Alfred loved it. He had a man writing about him. But you see, the problem for Athelstan, in terms of this chronicle, in terms of people saying how great he is is where he actually comes from, because he's born in 895, so it's still while Alfred is king. Mm. Um, But his mother was this woman, Ekguin, I think, who wasn't actually considered a proper wife of Edward the Elder. So there's a sense in which he was seen as an illegitimate child. Right. And the problem there came that when Edward became king, and he had a second wife who had a baby son, she didn't want Athelstan around. So Athelstan actually got kicked off and went off to Mercia rather than Wessex. So he got brought up by Edward's sister, Æthelflae, who was, oh, like, yeah, was last Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: She was a business, wasn't she? She was a business, yeah. and
0: that's where he grew up and learned to be a warrior. Yeah. and that, Yeah. And and so she's the one that moulded him into yeah. the fighting machine he becomes. But that means that he's never really actually friends with Wessex as such, and they never quite accept him. Oh, okay. So he's always a little bit of an outsider. Right. But not Sir King Alfred, who loved him, yeah. apparently, and he invested him when he was just four with a royal purple stones and uh the saxon saeacs oh, right. but he's still kicked out he's kicked out by edward after oh yes edward, yes really. okay edward died yeah. but yes yeah, so alfred saw him as his his mm. ultimate successor after edward yeah so he was favored by him um so anyway he goes off to Mercia. would have fought along her and all those great battles that they had and then after she died he was probably edward's sort of main man in Mercia, and they did lots of fighting right. together as well yeah so then Edward dies in 924, and it's not quite clear what exactly is going to happen, because on the one hand, Mercia kind of prefer Athelstan, but Wessex prefer the next oldest son from the second marriage, who's a guy called Elf Weard, <laughs> one yeah. of those names, again, yeah. which hasn't quite seen the uh, test of time. And in fact, Edward might actually have made him king in the last few weeks of his life, so he was seen as the heir. But quite conveniently, he dies 16 days after Edward dies. Ah, uh, now are we going to well, save that for scandal? Well, you can you can make your thoughts clear. At well, this I'm point. guilty. <laughs> given I, that's all I know. But yeah, it's not something which will be an uncommon theme, right? For Athelstan, mm. it's fair to say. Um, yeah, so it's not quite clear what's going to happen. But Mercia basically presses case, and he's seen as the obvious candidate because he's done lots of fighting. So he becomes king, but he's never actually crowned until nine two five. Which is a year later, and even mm. then lots of key people like the Bishop of Winchester from Wessex still aren't there. right, so he's clearly he hasn't quite got his own uh, his own team mm. on mm. side, but you said about how he was wearing a crown in that picture, mm. and he's in fact the first king who has a crown rather than a helmet. Oh, that's and cool. a scepter rather than a sword in the coronation. Oh, and he's right. kind of the first one that makes it a religious thing, like he's chosen by oh. God rather than just there, so some of the things that he does in his coronation. A kind of things that got picked up again.
1: And why would he have chosen that? that? What <laughs> was his influence
0: there? Um, partly it was Carolingian yeah. influence, because yeah. they have this big thing about being anointed with holy oil, but also it's because his claim to the throne is a little bit more tenuous. Yeah. So he needs things that says actually I'm chosen by God, so you really gotta Yeah back me on this one. But he's still never really um fully accepted. So even in nine three three, which is about eight years later, there's an attempt to blind him. God which is an odd thing. I'm not sure why you would just attempt to blind him rather than kill him.
1: And given the era, any chance, any go at blinding him is probably out a fair <laughs> Well, success yeah, that's true. Him, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, And he suspected his next oldest brother, Edwin, of being complicit in that. So he sent him into exile um, overseas where, rather conveniently, his ship sunk huh. and he drowned. Yeah. Just another bit of a pattern yeah. that you might see emerging there.
1: I mean, it could be chance, I suppose.
0: It could, it could. He did a lot of um, sending gifts to monasteries on behalf of his brother's memory. oh uh, right, that. okay, good. But again, that yeah. might just be nice to Trying to get the Bishop of Winchester on the side of me. But after that, because there's all these problems, and there's a bunch of sons from a third marriage of Edward, because you remember he had lots of sons, he vows never to marry. God, it's like said said of Hollyoaks. Indeed, and that's never to have children. So Did he see there'll it there be a peaceful succession. He does see it through. He doesn't have any children, doesn't marry. Mm. And uh, so it's his uh, younger brother mm. who mm. takes over rather than one okay. of his children.
1: Now, oh, th- wouldn't that make it a bit more complicated?
0: on having a clear... Uh, you're... Yeah. And but his thing, I suppose, was if he had a son, or, well, yeah, a son, obviously a daughter. <laughs> you hate those. No <laughs> <laughs> If he'd had a son who would have been young but he would have had a younger brother who was older and more oh, powerful okay. and everyone right. favoured the brother yeah. anyway. What's going to happen to his So kids? he's confirmed bachelor. Confirmed bachelor by right. <laughs> standards. That scandal. Yep, So, but then what he does is basically he just conquers the entire British Isles, pretty much. He has three campaigns after he's established his own base. So initially, 96 to 98, um, he's made a treaty with this chap, Citric, who's sort of king in York. But when he dies... Athelstan decides, rather than recognise the next person, I am just going to take oh, yeah. this. So he literally takes a career York. Man. Yeah, first person ever of the Saxons to actually conquer York properly and occupy it. Oh, could yeah, because it was Danish. Yeah, yeah. So he's taken York for the first time, which is a bit of a shock to the Yorkie people. Mm-hmm. Then he goes up to Scotland and gets them to sort of swear fealty to him as well. So that's Constantine the Second. So Scotland all, say, all right, all of Scotland. Yeah, pretty much. Then he comes back down again to Wales, gets all of those kings to. Lay behind him, then down to Cornwall, kicks out the native Cornish for some reason. I'm not quite (laughs) sure why, and they all agree to be him as well. So So that's not just King of England, then. That's he's well, yeah. In fact, coins he has actually states him as being King of Britain, but he sort of he properly rules all of England, but Wales, Scotland, etc. are just sort of our under kings. He's overlord to those, but he sees himself as being in command ultimately or superior to everyone in Britain. Yeah, and he does that just basically in just two years. He just storms off all over the place, the Thunderbolt.
1: Oh, uh, okay. okay. And takes
0: the whole lot Blimey, that's so. We now have England, yeah, and the okay. King of England. Props, good one for battling. Yes. Right. But uh, Constantine the Second in Scotland isn't too chuffed with this. So in nine three four, in some way he breaks the treaty. Either he decided not to pay them, mm. whatever he was thinking about invading. So Athelstan musters up a massive army and navy, storms off into Scotland, as far north as Aberdeen. And Constantine decides, rather than fighting him, he'll just give in again. So he's proclaimed as overlord of Scotland once again.
1: And does Constantine lose his head?
0: No, he just gets put back where he was. Hmm. Subjectivity? Indeed, but then uh, 937, Constantine, still being a bit of a pain at this stage, frankly, decides that he can't do it by himself. But no one else is really happy about this, so he thinks, why don't we just get everyone in Scotland, everyone in Wales... All the Irish Norse and just all combine together, a rainbow coalition, and just completely take him out. They have a massive battle at Brunenburg in nine three seven. Where's that? Well, that's a point of uh, contention, they're not quite sure. It's probably somewhere in the Will Wirral. Oh, okay, I was, I was thinking of some right? but They're not quite sure. Well it's yeah, it's somewhere north, mm. they're not quite sure. But this is based. this is a huge battle. Lots of actual kings are killed, like five kings, seven earls or something. Really cool. big battle. Anglo-Saxon Chronicle, one of its only entries, they write a poem about the whole battle, which is a sign of how huge it was. And yeah. for generations afterwards, it's known as the Great Battle, Yeah, long after he's died. And Athelstan wins. So oh, again, that really sets England and the borders with Scotland, Wales, etc. That really sets it in stone, mm. pretty much. It moves a lot, and there are lots of things, but that really cements it. Mm. And mm. yeah, and that's pro- this is probably the biggest battle in the Saxon period up to it does sound like
1: something. I mean, I I certainly yeah. don't want to mention it, but it does sound like something out <laughs> of like Lord of the
0: Rings. <laughs> yeah. Well, i say it is all really an influence. I think, yeah, and it's huge, and it, yeah, and he's done it. So nine three seven, he's only been there for what twelve years, and he's he's vanquished everybody, right? Okay, Well yeah. right. so He's not unlike Edward. He's not just all about battleliness, right? So he's the first king that probably has any kind of foreign policy. So he marries all of his many sisters, because Edward had all those daughters, he marries them off to all these kings and great nobles in Europe, and he does it tactically, so that there are lots of vested interests in different factions, so he does it so that whichever faction wins, he will definitely have a link in some way. Right. So he's, he's hedging his bets, he's yeah, and he's good friends with a chap called Harold Fairhair <laughs> of Norway, I presume for obvious reasons, yeah, because uh, they have a common interest in subduing the more violent elements of the Vikings. They were friends, so that kept the Vikings at bay. Mm. And he's the first person in England to engage in a foreign venture. So he sends a few well, troops yeah. over to uh, help restore Louis the Fourth to the French throne.
1: Yeah. Interesting chap. So yeah, he's, he's, got a, he's spreading his boundaries. British Expeditionary Force, the first...
0: Yeah. <laughs> <one of fighting. laughs> right. The foreign agent. Oh, that's no, front. front. Um, Anyhow, they give him lots of relics, like the Lance of Charlemagne, which apparently was what got uh, stabbed into Jesus. Sounds right. a bit grim when yeah. you say it now, but it was quite a, yeah, a good quite a thing. He loved his relics. And, yeah, and he's admired as a great king in Europe, so they all write about him and say how uh, amazing he is.
1: Yeah, see, it's not a backwater. No, that's, it really isn't at this stage. Yeah, that's such a misconception, isn't it, that it was just a sort of a muddy field that <laughs> no one really bothered with. Yeah. It was an important place. Although well, there,
0: there probably were quite a lot of muddy fields. I'd imagine. The Fens, for example. Yeah, mm. very muddy. Mm. Um, and he's also quite a, an administrative chap. Because obviously now he's conquered pretty much the whole of Britain. He's got quite a large kingdom, which they haven't really had in the Saxon times before. Not his biggest thing since Roman and Britain. So he actually has his own secretariat. So he's got a proper bureaucracy actually going right. now, writing laws and doing lots of stuff. And he does loads of law stuff, so he introduces the idea of prison as penance. Right. Whereas previously it would just be in prison for a couple of days before we kill you. Whereas oh, he okay. Does it, where you go for like 120 days, serve your time.
1: Yeah, no, I was thinking about this the other day, it's quite, that's, when, I was thinking, when did that first come about? Because the idea of actually just having, losing your freedom as a punishment is quite a strange yeah. concept. They must have, so he was the first one to actually value that.
0: I think so, pretty much. Along with the life. And outlawing as well. So I suppose, ultimately, he's responsible for Robin Hood. <laughs> he's, he's the man. He it's is the like, man. Uh, regulated single currency across the country. Right. And lots of punishment for people who try to forge it so that the economy was a bit stronger. He also banned any big sales of goods outside of the, uh, the burrs, the market towns, so that meant that people had to come into the towns and do economic stuff in there.
1: So they could tax it.
0: Yeah, and so that town life was right as well. Yeah. So everyone's coming to the towns. Uh, lots of laws tackling robbery, which is just as seen as disrupt, uh, disrupting the peace. And um, he even banned Sunday trading. That's where we get it from. Right, it's Athelstown that brings that in. Okay, yeah, because
1: he was trying to appease all his people who thought that he wasn't king, um, who were religious.
0: Well, he because was quite religious as well. Was he? Yeah. Oh, he's very piety. Yeah, he, he loves yeah. the church. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he does. Lo- he does nice things as well. Like he gets all crown-owned manners, have to make a uh, annual charge to relieve the poor. And again, this doesn't sound very impressive when you say it now, but he also thought that it was cruel to execute children under fifteen. <laughs> so yeah, I mean. It's a bit soft, I suppose,
1: but, you know. A bit of a willy, yeah, uh, willy he, liberal. Yeah, that's, that's that was what was keeping this country strong, I tell you, executing yeah. eight-year-olds.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, so he actually he made that, he, he banned that law. Anyone under 15 couldn't be executed, which previously they could. So he actually wrote, we've got his writing in the law code saying this is too cruel. Mm. So he bans that. Well, good egg. So lots and lots of laws. And he tries to do it on a national scale as well, rather than just lots of, like, within each region. He tries to do it everywhere, so it's a bit more... Mm. uniform right okay
1: because each, mm. each place having its own law yeah I think And
0: Alfred did lots of laws but I think it was a little bit more based on the where they were and the location it was less right, with the idea universal. that it will be the same yeah, yeah everywhere mm. whereas he does
1: top subjectivity
0: points yeah as you were, sa- you were saying they're religious he's very religious he's renowned as a uh, benefactor so he founds quite a lot of monasteries including mm. Malmesbury right. which is why William of Malmesbury right, writes yeah, about, it's about it's him, him again part, yeah. at an extent to which he's not entirely neutral in his assessment of the man that founded his monastery, um, and he donate, donates all these holy relics that people give him as well. So, it's pretty much all the monasteries are just adorned with all these various things that he's picked up from across Europe, yeah. including like people's heads and stuff, ah, but, yeah. yeah. saintly heads, yeah, yeah, not in a not in a in gruesome way, not <laughs> just coming back from the battle. Like, <laughs> there you go, a few heads for you there. There's a vase for you on the wall. Uh, he gave lots of books as gifts as well. He's probably the first Saxon child, uh, Saxon king, who was literate when he was a child. Because remember, Af- Alfred uh, sort of taught himself yes. to read to a certain extent, certainly Latin, whereas Athelstan, as a kid, okay. was already yeah, quite literate. And he's the first king to be portrayed in a painting. Not that one. Not that. Oh no, this one actually on the front of my book. That's the first time a king is in a painting. Who's the dude on the right? Um, God. The dude on the right is Saint Cuthbert. So Athelstan is. Portray presenting a book by the Venerable Bede, I believe, to St Cuthbert. St Cuthbert was a, uh, well, he's sort of almost a patron saint. He was, obviously, he's based in the North East, he's in Durham. Mm. But um, he was a very important one nationally at the time. So, yeah, so he's presenting him a book. So That's the first time we have a portrayal of There's a There's lots of firsts for this chap. There are a lot of firsts. He's quite a, you uh, know, quite a big chap. So, as I say, yeah. his legacy is the first outright king of Britain and certainly England. Probably the most powerful ruler we've had since the Romans. Yeah. So he's a very powerful chap. But, as we said, he's still not favoured for all this in Wessex. So despite all of this, he's buried at Malmesbury rather than the traditional family places in Winchester or Glastonbury. Right. So suggesting they still never quite took him to their bosom, even though he does a pretty good job.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, (coughs) You say um, traditional places, so that was um, Glastonbury. Or Winchester. Or Winchester, right? Okay, so is Salisbury and Old Sarum—is that around this time? Uh, I don't know when that's built, actually. Mm. Gonna have mm. to do more research on that. Yeah, I've it. like got side fun. down on this one. I a bad luck, Graham.
0: <laughs> Didn't have it all. Uh, we lost his bones at one time in history. Any any ideas who was responsible <laughs> for that? No, but if you've got any answers, the um, what's the email address? <laughs> Rex
1: Podcast at Hotmail If you've seen Athelstan's oh, Athel bones, <laughs> give give us a shout.
0: Uh, well, you won't have done, though, because history's culprit, Henry VIII, oh, dissolution of the monasteries, oh. uh, had a bit of a hack at Malmesbury. And, uh, oh, he's got them. Don't really have any more. Well, I don't know if he's got them. I don't think he took them as such. No? Just sort of smashed mm. the place up a bit. OK. Right. Well, so they're still on the loose. Still on the loose, I well, suppose, yes. If mm. you have seen them, mm. it'd be nice to have them back. Yeah. William of Malmesbury would love to see them. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, as with the people of Malmsbury, he's still popular there today. There are buses and roads named after him. The people of Malmsbury? Yeah, they love him. him. Apparently okay. they love him. And Kingston as well, which is where he got crowned, where lots of kings got crowned. And they have like a museum there. Kingston because upon, upon Thames. Thames? That's where kings used to be crowned at this period. So there's a coronation stone where they always got uh, crowned, which is still there. And apparently there's a coin from all the Saxon... I did uh, not know that. At the time, yeah. So if you go to Kingston upon Thames, you can find... Coronation stone from Saxon period. I want to go there. Yeah, we should. We well, that
1: on. So is that, does that, is that um, why Henry VIII chose to build Hampton Court near there?
0: Uh, he didn't, because it was built... This is knowledge. See, I've done my pre, pre-research. <laughs> uh, it was actually Cardinal Wolsey's uh, ah. residency. So after Wolsey fell out of favour, Henry VIII took it. Took okay. it. Right, OK, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's a monastic order of Athelstan, I found as well, because allegedly he quite important in setting up, um, what's it called? Freemasons. Oh! Yeah, so they see him as being responsible, something in 926 that happened. So yeah, so there's this order of Athelstan that is based entirely upon guilds and kingdoms as they were at the time of Athelstan. Okay. He even featured, sort of, in an episode of Doctor Who, <laughs> David Tennant period. Was a, there was a cup of Athelstan was a treasure in Planet of the Dead, which is the one where there's his bus that goes through a hole in the space-time continuum. I'm not familiar with this one. Oh, it's, really? it was one of his ones where he was on his own. Right. Um, unfortunately, the cup was lost. Oh, so that's lost as well. Thanks to oh, yeah. David Tennant. Thanks, David, if, if you've got those bones as well. Yeah. But yeah, so that's him. So when he dies, sadly only two years after the Battle of Brunenver, which is 937. So he dies in 939. So he's, I mean, he was about... He was born in 895, so he's only, what's that? 43. Yeah. So you might have hoped for him to live a bit longer. So 939 he dies, but when he dies, um, the annals of Ulster say that he was a pillar of dignity in the Western world. And William Malmsbury said, the firm opinion is still current among the English, the Normans, that no one more just or learned administered the state. See, so it does make the place more
1: attractive for invasion if he's got all this stuff set up. Yeah, and he's, he's done a
0: good job of setting up this pretty well-unified kingdom with yeah. all this bureaucracy and stuff in place. I'm surprised yeah. there's not more um, right um, written about him than more surviving evidence. It is surprising. Partly that might be because of the whole Wessex thing that they didn't take to him, so okay. they didn't stress his successes maybe as much as they would do for Alfred or for, El- for Edward. Yeah. And also, apparently, when um, later people wrote about him, there was a tendency to use him as a sort of allegory. So there'd be a story, because he was a historical figure, so they do a story about Applestan, but maybe it would be to inform king or queen at the time. So he'd be doing something wrong, like he'd be unjust or he'd be violent about something or he be well, Why would they teach him? Just because he was the Because first he king. was a noted uh, historical figure, so it would make it more interesting. Right. But that maybe has led to the fact that actually he just ended up being used in negative contexts and so people didn't associate him right. with all the great stuff so much.
1: But it's well, still surprising, because he's, yeah.
0: he's big stuff.
1: Poor guy, because he's, he's better than Arthur. Alfred. <laughs> Arthur, of course, didn't exist. <laughs> oh, yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah, there's dark age history. Damn. Right.
0: Uh, so, shall we move on to uh, reviewing him? Give go, him his chance to get redeemed in the eyes of history. This is your
1: chance, Athelstan, to, you know, get back up there with the great so. Yeah.
0: This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now.
1: Hi, I'm Avantika Chulkoti, host of The Modi Raj, a new podcast from The Economist. Narendra Modi has watched over a period of rapid growth in India but he's also the front man for a chauvinistic Hindu nationalism. Now, he's eyeing another term as prime minister. What will it mean for India and the world? I've been trying to get inside his head. Listen now to the Modi Raj from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts. Battliness. Okay, what have we got? Battliness. Big, big Bamberg. Was it Battenberg cake?
0: Brun- back Brun- Brunenberg. Brunenberg, 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 Brunnenberg. Right. so that's a huge battle, probably the biggest battle of the period, up mm. to 1066, which he wins, he's conquered the whole kingdom,
1: he won 1066 as well,
0: he won 1066, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he came back, like Arthur, yeah. he came back uh, when his country needed him, lost
1: it, brilliant, and lost, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, so he conquers pretty much everywhere, gets submissions from all over uh, Britain, even though... Constantine II keeps on fighting him. He keeps on putting him back down again. Yeah,
1: and I think I think this is a big one.
0: Yeah,
1: I really do. In, 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 not not just the conquering Britain bit, but um, that huge battle.
0: Yeah, the great the, battle.
1: The great battle does conjure up a lot of images in my mind. I like it. Of all these kings dying, everyone in the in the on the British Isles getting involved and still winning.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. And foreign wars. Yeah. And also, the thing with Brunenberg is that, because they came over, and apparently he was actually criticised initially for a bit of inaction and not dealing with it sooner. But if you contrast it to 1066, when Harold, the instant anything happened, he just storms off, whereas uh, he took a bit more time, Athelstan, to build up his forces, so that Mm. then, when they did it, he was ready for it. Yeah. And he did lots of other, like, he really protected his armies. Like He had laws like banning sheepskin on the front of shields, because if they did that, there was a chance that they might use a cheaper wood, which would... um, Crack and splinter in people's eyes. So by banning sheepskin, that meant that you had to have a good type of wood that wouldn't. Oh like right,
1: that. and sheepskin was used just as an extra level of protection. Well, I, th- I
0: don't know if it was protection or even just a uh, decoration. But uh, if you yeah. had a decoration, that meant you couldn't see if they'd got yeah. proper proper wood or not. Yeah, they so yeah. brought that in just to shore it up. Yeah,
1: good chap. Yeah. yeah. So what 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 are we what are we comparing this to? What, can we have a quick recap of the last score?
0: Last score for people. uh I've got a thing on the thing. But, uh, all right. Al- Alf- uh, Alfred got 11 out of 20 for battleliness, mm. which is maybe a little was, bit harsh, but he didn't have it as many odd, yeah. big battles, apart from the one where he emerged from his swamp, mm. which is quite good. Edward was much more of a battley sort of chap. I don't know whether we wrote these down, but I think we gave him much more. <laughs> he got more. He might have got something and a half, I think. 13 and a half or 14 or something. But yeah, he got more than Alfred. Yeah, um, I'm going for.
1: I think this is big, I really do. I think this is big. I'm going eight.
0: Well, see, what what more can you do? Oh, well, given the, the time, stage. yeah. Because I mean, he's conquered. He's got the whole island. Yeah. Uh, I'd just say
1: the only way he could get bigger would be uh, willing the first job, but Out, that's only because we con- know.
0: I suppose the thing was, well, if he'd lived for another ten years, he might have maybe taken the fight to the Vikings a little more. Yeah. And gone out. I suppose he didn't Nick's go beyond the borders. What, it did once? Once, yeah.
1: What more can you do?
0: Yeah. Eight. I'm going eight. You're going eight. I'm going to give him a nine. Because he's never defeated in battle either as well.
1: The only reason I'm, I've lost those, those two points is because uh, it's... Through no fault of his own, perhaps it's um, <laughs> he doesn't have any really famous battles. He hasn't well, I mean, it, should, suit, be, it? Really it should, should be. It's should. a huge battle, but that has bearing on <laughs> the X Factor.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, right. So, battling us then, he gets seventeen, which is still a pretty, pretty good score. Best score we've had yet yeah. for battling yeah. us.
1: Yeah. yeah. Scandal.
0: Right. What. Oh, uh, water. Yeah. Water, So, Russia. yeah, now, this is one thing where I, Do you want to set the light on, actually? It's yeah, dark, it's a little a a dark. A uh, little dark. Uh, this chap, Geoffrey Hindley, was one of the people that I read a book from, and he says, Yet for all his glory, historians have sensed something sinister behind the rain. A remarkable number of his kinsmen found a premature or violent death in suspicious circumstances. So we had Elfwiard, who died 16 days after Edward. We had Edwin, who was exiled in need. a leaking boat. <laughs> and also... He, uh, gets rid of all the Cornish people. He sends them out. He expels them from Cornwall. Oh. I'm not sure why he did that, but it's yeah. a bizarre thing.
1: And he was giving all this stuff to the monasteries. Oh dear, save my soul.
0: Yeah. yeah. However, there's generally a thought that Elfwine maybe did just die, because people do die.
1: That when well, yeah. I mean, Edwin. It's, it's almost
0: certain it, that he definitely <laughs> had him killed. Okay, I think that's pretty high. And, and it's confirmed bachelor. Well, confirmed bachelor, which some people have said <laughs> scandalous. But there's also a little suggestion that he might have had an illegitimate daughter. Oh right, because there are a few odd references, like at Malmesbury prayers were said in 1380 for Maud, wife of Athelstan. Mm. And then there's another thing somewhere else suggesting he had a a daughter. So
1: it's a bit, it's a bit fishy. Yeah, it's a bit, I. It is sinister, I think that's the edge to it. Sinister, yeah. Uh,
0: but then again, is it any more sinister than what would come along later? Because later, what they probably would have done is had them put on trial for treason, definite verdict before it even started, and yeah. then had them executed. It just seems a bit more underhand, but. We've just got, got. No, no, no we've just you got. And you think he doesn't evidence. kill Constantine, he keeps rebelling against him every couple of years, he keeps putting him back once he's won the battle.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. However,
0: there is definite more actual literal scandal than we've had for Alfred or Edward.
1: And when we get more evidence of the other ones, I mean, Henry the Eighth—that's going to be a big score. Yeah. That, um, <laughs> what, it it's—it's it's just more evidence than this. We have just got to really try and suspicious. Have, yeah, you know, find a way in the dark. I'll go. I'll go four. Or hmm. four. How does that compare to Alfred? Well, I
0: think Alfred got. I think Alfred might have got us three. <laughs> Overall. No, well, it's like a three and a two or something. Oh, OK. We've got a six. Ed, we've got a two because we just had nothing in it. Mm. Mm. There yeah, is definite a, there's an edge. naughtiness here with mm. Athelstan. He does a few four. things. So four. Four. I think I'm going over go the four as well. That's mm. a fair score. So that's an eight for Scandal. We're starting to notch up the Scandals mm. at the moment, but they're they're still not massive.
1: Mind. No, No. Subjectivity.
0: I'd like it. He's yeah, i mean he's done a lot of all those rules which are unless I was his, in his family <laughs> yeah unless although then again he does bring up um effectively his, his next two younger brothers after uh. the two that he's had killed. <laughs> he's quite nice to the next mm-hmm. two um okay, so so he has, he is... has all these laws the he bans executing children um he gets people into towns, he regulates the economy um all these sorts of yeah universal
1: laws uh what was the other one we had. Lots, lots of banning sheepskin.
0: Sheepskin, yeah. yeah, no more sheepskin. That's good.
1: Dogs. That's good. I mean, he's building on the success of his predecessors, but I think it's continuing a good theme.
0: Yeah. Uh, and William and Miles, we said, no more just king. He did. He did. Although I'm not sure he was quite as just as Alfred.
1: Compared to Alfred, I would prefer to live under his reign, but I think that's because of the stuff Alfred did.
0: Yeah. Uh, Which is what we have to judge them on, because yeah. obviously. As we know, if we compare, would we like to live now or yeah, then, it's exactly. always going to be now. Exactly. It's yeah. what they do to make it better.
1: Difficult. Mm. Difficult. What are you going for?
0: I'm going Number to four, give maybe. him a... Uh, I'm going to give him a seven and a half. Really? Yeah. it's big. I think he's. it's a lot... Because those are impressive laws and they're really starting to show foresight. And the poverty thing, that was the other thing, making people... All these houses having to pay arms to the poor.
1: I'm going to bump it to a five because Ooh. of the uh, because of the the universal nature of it.
0: That's you bring it down for a five, or that no? I went it? up from a four. Why are you going to be as low as a four?
1: Well, I, d- I just I don't. There's something about him. <laughs> you wouldn't I, quite I'd trust. i be him. on edge. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> know what it is. I think any moment now, that a great reign of would you like some terror. bread,
0: peasants? Um. You just yeah. leave it there. Yeah, I'll get yeah. someone to taste it. Yeah, exactly. And then,
1: uh, we'll get some of these fourteen-year-old children. You won't let us kill. To give it a go.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do something with them. Yeah,
1: and um, have a go. So, so that's twelve and a half.
0: Yeah. Then for uh, subjectivity, we add them together.
1: Well, that's the
0: way. That's the way, that's it's the way it's it goes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Longevity.
0: So he rules for only fifteen years in the end. So he's the least. That's uh, rubbish. Long ruling after the. The first two—that's rubbish. But then he—he he gets a lot in. Well, he's queer, man. Did he he's... didn't have a wife or anything. Yeah, so no children. He just had uh, the Scots on the brain. Live fast, die young. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, I was going to tell you about Edward the <laughs> First. I'll leave work. that when we get on to right. Rex actor. Yeah. Um, yeah, so 15 years, fact, fact.
1: Dynasty, not the program.
0: Awful. No children. <laughs> Literally none.
1: Can we give him a point five because he might have had a daughter?
0: No, because <laughs> she was. Because it might be rubbish. She was illegitimate, certainly not acknowledged,
1: and didn't become
0: queen. Didn't become queen. Possibly didn't even exist. Mm. I think that's a, Is that a no? that's a zero for Point dynasty. Two, five? I don't. Think <laughs> okay. Then again, in his defence, um, Edward's Edmund, his younger brother, who takes over as king, um, has a pretty much undisputed succession in terms of the Saxons. He just goes straight in. So it was ultimately successful in keeping a Who's this successful, successful. In,
1: in his um in his what do you call it strategy?
0: No, plan, family, family, dynasty, dynasty, but less good on his um, his own, yeah, dynasty, own, yeah. So yes, that's a big fat zero for dynasty. Sorry, Athos, down.
1: Bad luck, your own fault.
0: That no, is his own fault. But now we come to the uh, the final section, which is where we decide if. He's got that certain something that elevates him onto the greatness. It's the... The... Rex Factor! So... Difficult. Very, very difficult. Well, I'm going to try and uh, sway you a little You're bit gonna on You're going to say yes, one. I know. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, OK, I'm going to put that straight out there. I'm going to say yes. He's the first proper king of England. He takes it from still kingdoms expanding to just conquering the whole island several times in one massive, massive battle that was known as the Great Battle for Generations. Defeats everyone, never loses in war, foreign policy, loads of laws, lots of good stuff, good succession. And just for you, when he went off to Scotland and got them to swear allegiance to him, it was on the basis of that, partly, that Edward I justified claiming overlordship of Scotland because of what Athelstan Got out of the Scots
1: and Edward didn't manage.
0: Yeah, yeah. so your beloved Edward the First, yeah, has Athelstan to thank for an excuse to go off and beat the Scots. Yeah.
1: Now, I the the reason there's a couple of reasons why I think he should, but the one that's in the back of my brain I just can't get rid of is that no one's heard of him really.
0: Well, but this is the thing, because we could... What we could just do is just go through the list of all the kings and saying, who are the famous ones? Well, this is these it. These are the exacts. that's, that's all the... we can say. Yeah. These are the famous ones. But actually, these ones are really, really good.
1: They, yeah, these, well, I guess that's the purpose of this, isn't it? Yeah, that was one of my reasons for doing it. Otherwise, it would just be Henry VIII, Queen Victoria... Yeah. Yeah. And others. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And, yeah, I can see how he is... Perhaps more so than the other ones, he puts the Rex in this Rex factor because he he's does. The, one with the he's the the first king of everything, a king. and a has a crown. Yeah, which if you were going to draw a king, <laughs> you would draw. He <laughs> would indeed. And he had a drawing of himself, and he did. Yeah, so he did. He did it. Yeah, he did it. He he's there. If if the mountain of Rex factor has a king's <laughs> on it, he's got there. I think he's. I think he's just hauled himself (laughs) over the edge and he's lying breathless on the top of the mountain, (laughs) not standing there with a sword in the air like Edward I, but okay,
0: he's there. You're going to give him the Rex Factor. That's well done. He's exhausted. He's exhausted, but well done to Athelstan. You join Alfred the Great just about (laughs) on the mountain of Rex Factor. You're amongst the great kings of England and Britain. You were. So, thank you for listening again. Thank you very much. Um, what's the uh, what? Rex Factor Podcast at Hotmail dot com, or you can follow us on Twitter at Rexfactorpod because somebody took Rexfactor again. Who these people? I don't. Know, I wonder if it's the same person. They haven't done anything with it. No, they don't. They really don't. Yeah. Um, but do send us your comments. Yeah, and um, um, you can do that on the website as well. Yeah,
1: don't, there's no point in giving them that. No, you should yeah. already have that. Okay. Um, although, if they're on iTunes, does it does it show it?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's got the website.
1: I do all the work, you can see. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> uh Brilliant. Okay, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Who's next uh, week? Next time we have Al Athelstan's third younger brother, the one first one that he doesn't get killed, Edmund the First. Excellent, I look forward to it. See you next week.